0: The better life that God wants you to have is paid with miracles. This is The Place for Miracles.
1: I'm with my daughter, Jordan. I'm Lindsay Roberts, and this is Jordan Roberts. And we are doing something very unusual as a mother-daughter team, talking about age difference and, and differences in the way people think now as opposed to when I was Jordan's age or even younger than that. And how people today are, um, in a sense, almost taught to be skeptical. To, it, some of it's natural. Some of it's actually taught to seek out answers. And you had an, an interesting question that was posed to you by a skeptic about tithing. Uh,
0: the way it was worded to me was in a genuine way of I'm curious about this because I don't understand. I don't necessarily not agree with it or agree with it. It was just a, a question that, a, it was a fair question. Why should I give God my money? And coming from a background that I didn't grow up in, I, I grew up in tithing. You know, this family. Obviously yeah. we understand seed faith because that's, you know, we're ingrained to. But for someone
1: who didn't understand that, I, I, I got where he was coming from. Why should I give God my money? When I look at a skeptic that is seeking answers, genuinely, not to be argumentative, but genuinely seeking answers, that's like my favorite person in the world. So when this gentleman asks you this question, that's fair because if you can't come up with a scriptural answer, don't do it. And I think that's reasonable. Yeah, and and more than just the scriptural answer, I think a practical answer
0: helped explain a little bit more, and I think that that, that, that's also fair because sometimes, as much as you know the scripture is the foundation, sometimes especially the older translations are worded in a way that's harder for us to understand in a modern language. Jesus
1: talked in parables, and I love the fact when he talked in parables because he was a storyteller. Jesus came to this earth to be relatable, and I think that when he talked in parables, it was a modern day for his day story of the culture and the nature and the vibe of whatever that day was. And in that day, he said it in a way that not just the um, theologically sound could understand it, but the everyday guy could understand his teaching because parables were also not just, he, he, he taught the Bible, but he taught it in everyday living, so to speak. So if you were to answer that question, what would you say? In the old-fashioned theological, your grandfather being Oral Roberts' answer, was 90, if you had $100 and you gave God $10, $10 is the tithe, which means tenth off the top. If you were to give God $10 out of your 90, the word tenth off the top means tithe. It actually translates to the Hebrew word, or the, uh, Hebrew word increase. Logically, Jordan, $90 is not more than $100. So your grandfather would say $90 with God goes farther than $100 without. That's great if you're already spiritual and understand that. Right. But if you are an accountant, and maybe not a spiritual accountant, and you simply looked at the books, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's not logical. But the truth of the matter is, the way God set it up, here's here's my huge theological answer. I don't know the answer. But I am gonna say it to you in this way. The answer to me is that God made a formula in the Bible. Why did he use tithing as the standard demarcation to give back to God? Why wasn't it pizza? Why wasn't it seven hours of prayer? Why wasn't it two ducks and a frog? I don't know. But to God, he said, where your heart is, your treasure is. I think he knew somewhere in the heart of God, he knew that we would treasure money that it would be a natural thing. So I think God knew that in the heart of people, money would be a subject that might be hard to part with. And if where your heart is, your treasure is, if your heart isn't filled with God, that treasure of being money will be hard to part with. So he was saying, do you trust me enough to part with it? Now, first of all, that's a trust issue. Second of all, it's a trust God and love issue because he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and he, Made that as something giving, as something tithing, as something he told us to do. But to me, it's mom and dad. It goes so far beyond just our natural thinking. My parable way of every day saying this, it's mom and dad. When you're obedient to whatever it is the household says, if it's in by 10 o'clock, if it's clean your room, when you show the demonstration of love by being obedient, my first thing is to turn immediately and bless you. When you clean your room let's go shopping you know what i'm saying and i think that when god sees that we are willing to relinquish something we might treasure like money and that we trust him with it and we love him enough to be obedient to his ways of operating in his kingdom he turns right around and blesses us because tithe said when you bring it's, it actually says will you rob god so when you rob god by withholding tithe and offering He said, now, if you rob me, I can't open for you the windows of heaven. I can't pour you out a blessing where there's not room enough to receive it because you're disobedient.
0: Okay, if he can't do those things, does he need my
1: money? Well, technically, yes and no. Technically, when God is residence in heaven, he has walls made out of jasper, gates made out of pearl, streets made out of gold. Um, He said, in heaven, Everything that he made heaven with, he made earth with. So we have all those same things. We have Jasper, we have pearls, we have gold, we have silver, we have all the things. And he told us as Christians, and actually in the Old Testament as a God believer, to take dominion over those and take control over those. So he doesn't need it. I believe if God can create gold and silver in, as they say, in the hills, why does God need my money? Technically, God needs finance to operate his kingdom. That's why he said bring it into the storehouse, which is the work of God. If he wants the kingdom of God to continue, he wants the resources to do it. But does he need my money? No. Technically, I don't believe that. God can, If he can make the hills and the cattle on a thousand hills and the gold and silver in the hills, he doesn't need my money. He knows how to make it. He can turn around and be God and create it.
0: Exactly. So if that's the case and I have so little, why would
1: he want me to give that Why would him? he diminish you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have much. I, this, is my, this is my salary. This is the small amount I have. On top of that, if he's God and he really doesn't need it, why would he take away from me something that I have so little of?
1: So the Bible talks about the kingdom of the earth and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that is of a different measure. It's a spiritual kingdom. And when we seek first the kingdom of God and his ways of operating in the kingdom, the Bible says, here's the kick. If the kingdom of God is as a seed that must be sown, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his ways of operating, what's the next line? All the things you have need of will not be added unto God, they'll be added unto you. The Bible says when you give unto God, he multiplies it some 30 times, some 60 times, some 100 fold. And in Deuteronomy, he said, I can even make you a thousand times more. So our demonstration of giving to God what's valuable to us that we may have need of, allows God to open for us, as Malachi says, the windows of heaven, to pour us out a blessing where there's not room enough to receive it, to rebuke the devourer for your sake, and then finally, all nations shall call you blessed. So see, I honestly think, logically, You think God is taking something from you. Spiritually, God is not taking something from you. God wants to give something back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. He not only wants to bless you, he said he wanted to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, far above anything you could ever ask or think.
0: Okay, so uh, assuming he wants to do all those things when I give,
1: how come I know all these Christians that give and don't have all those things? There's a couple of good, good, good reasons. Number one, you give, but you're like, in a sense how the Bible says you're tossing your seed to the wind. You're mm-hmm. throwing it in stony ground. You're throwing it in harsh soil. You're not throwing it in productive soil. So you may be giving, but you may not be giving where God tells you to give. Mm-hmm. Another reason is in Philippians 4:13 says it's, when they gave unto God, it was a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Okay, use that word well-pleasing, hold that right there. The Bible says without faith, It's impossible to please God. So to me, the tithe has to also be attached to your faith. And your faith is the system of, if you look at Hebrews 11, I trust God, I trust God, I trust God, trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. And then you go down to the 32nd verse, what more shall I say? So what I'm hearing out of this
0: is it's less about money itself and more about an act of obedience following what he's called us to do and a sacrifice. Bingo from ourselves. The
1: Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice because he can honor that obedience and turn it into a harvest. Mm -hmm. A sacrifice is wonderful, but when you see it as a seed honoring God with your obedience, I believe he turns it and multiplies it. So I'm going to play um, the skeptic's advocate and toss it to you. So seed faith has been something that you have been around since you could listen, hear, talk and walk. How do you see seed faith in the Bible?
0: I think I see it probably differently than people who didn't grow up in this world. I have seen from the very beginning the evidence of the seed okay. faith. It's, it was less as a, as a child. It, I mean, there wasn't an, an element of obedience because we were told to do it and yep. we did what we were told or there would be consequences That's correct. because that's how children learn. So for a time it was that, but more than that, I really saw it as every single time without fail that I saw you and Dad, or Mona and Andy, or whomever—that's
1: your grandparents, Grandma and Evelyn—they would call, them call them Mona and Andy. Andy when we were
0: kids. Who whenever one of y'all gave a seed or tithe or had a specific thing, you were, we are were going to pray over this and we are going to give it because we have a need. Without fail, I saw those needs met. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't always immediate. Sometimes it was within an hour. Sometimes it was a year. It, it depended on what the seed or the need was. But without fail, I saw the evidence of what that did. So it was never something that I ever had to question, why would you be giving it away? I never even had, I don't even remember thinking that because yeah. I knew inherently, I always saw the fruit of the seeds. So I never had to ask why. You know, dad always says, He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get Get something something to you. (laughs) And and I think if you don't understand what that means, kind of sounds stupid, but if you understand the laws of sowing and reaping, you understand, I'm not trying to take from you. I don't need your money. I don't need your nickel, but I want to bless you. I'm trying to get something to you not from you.
1: When we sow into what's on the heart of God, what? Like missions and outreaches and meeting the needs of people or getting somebody saved or teaching someone the Bible. When we sow into what's in the heart of God, I believe God takes care of what's in our heart. So I pray for you right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray for God to minister healing to you in every area of your life. And I don't pray for you to just obey the Bible because sometimes that's just because I said so. Well, no, I pray for you to understand the Bible and understand how much God loves you and how much God has for you, I have not heard, ear have not seen all the things that God has for His people. I pray for you to be blessed by it, and most of all, know how much God loves you and wants to bless you in every area of your life. We've finished the prayer, my yeah, sweet daughter. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, Father, for showing
0: those people who have questions what that means—that you want to bless them. I think it's something that, you know, my grandfather used to say, God is a good God. And I think that's exactly what you're trying to show us, that you are inherently good and you love us and you want to bless us. Father, I thank you for showing those questioning hearts what it means to give and why. We do it because you love us and want to bless us. Father, thank you for blessing your people, for showing them how much you love them, for showing me how much you love me. Thank you for your good, kind heart. And I'm excited to see what kind of opportunities open up for those of you who understand why God wants us to give. Thank you for joining us at The Place for Miracles. We've put together a list of scriptures and declarations to help you pursue your harvest with the word of God. Just click on the link in the description to get your free download. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications. Remember, anytime you need prayer, we want to pray with you. Go to oralroberts.com or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777.